welcome to Local Anaesthetic, your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Rob. And my name is Alex. Now you meant to say, my name is Rob and this is Alex. And I go, how are you all doing? Which is a question nobody can answer. Right. That's okay though, let's keep going. Let's move on. Um, you join us at our 25th anniversary. Uh, 25th anniversary, 25th episode and we agreed that you were going to introduce the podcast. Yeah. Which is why you just heard it that way around. Yeah. Um, and I think we should celebrate, so... Uh... most depressing opening in podcast well, ever. even more so that we're both wearing party hats. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure you see a picture of this. I think uh, there was something about the the way that we both blew the horn that just sort of... Beg your pardon? <laughs> that wasn't a euphemism. That just sort of denoted um, uh, desperation. I agree. Yeah. But um, thanks for getting those, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um, welcome to the show. Um, if you'd like to contact the show, we can be found uh, via our normal methods. We can be downloaded from iTunes and also from the uh, website. Um, we www.lapodcast.net. Can also... that, that's it. And uh, we can also be contacted on Facebook and Twitter. So I'm going to try and do this, am I right? So yeah. we've got a Facebook page, which is localanesthetic.com. Podcast dot, dot Facebook dot co dot UK dot com dot com and we can also be found on Twitter at um, at, at, at LA Podcast dot net. No, just at LA Podcast. At LA Podcast. And Facebook is www.facebook.com forward slash local aesthetic podcast. If you just mind. go to Facebook, you'll just get the main page. I'm a quick learner. Yeah. So you join us on the show. Um, can I just say that thank you for all the stories you sent in. The the calibre of stories that have been sent this week has been fantastic. But we're not reading any of them out. No. Um, this week we decided to chat for 45 minutes. No. Um, We've just decided that, well, the, the, to be honest, there's, there's been too many, so we're going to do some uh, this week and some next week, but thank you for all the stories, and I've, I've had a fantastic week reading through them. So, uh, do you like to kick us off? Um, well, before I do, I just wanted to say, because we are in the midst of the Olympics at the moment, we have, what, under a week to go, Yeah. and you said, before the Olympics started, this was going to be an Olympics-free podcast, which I'm breaking by talking about it. People will know, if they listen back to earlier episodes, you predicted that the Olympics would be, in your words, a complete and utter shambles. Um, it hasn't been a complete and utter shambles, and I talked to Rob about this when he arrived at my house today, and I said, I hate to admit this, but I've got really into the Olympics, and I'm very proud of the GB team, and, yeah. and you yourself have been very into the Olympics. I think you were going, 20 gold medals! Today's um I'm not Tuesday, a proud man. Uh, yeah, Tuesday. I think we just won our 20th today. Um, and I'm willing to admit I was wrong. Um, I really thought it would be shambolic. And, uh, but it's still time. It's still time. I mean, there's still... I was about to say something that I was going to say about... I'm not going to say that. Because Were you going to talk about terrorism? I wasn't going to talk about terrorism. Yeah, no, 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 yeah that's what I thought. Um, but... No, I must admit, I've, I've been enjoying, I've been especially enjoying the, the events from the velodrome, I've really been enjoying those. So um, I, I would, I'm willing to put, hold my hands up and say, I was wrong. That's, That's the first and ever time I've done that. You're a big man, right? Thanks. Well, well, I don't know, not in that Well, way. maybe soon we have a few The horns are quite big. Yeah, it's true. Good eight inches, though. Do you, eight? <laughs> I promise you, we will, we will not be doing that. I don't think you're to blow as hard as you. Well, I've heard this. Um... Uh, okay, Rob. Before we before we kick off, then before we kick off, you can you can go first with the stories. But I have been promising, teasing our listeners, titillating them for for twenty four weeks now with yes. this anecdote. Jesus, you put like twenty four weeks. This that's almost half a year. Yeah, I'm bored of it. My God. Um, 
Right, so I used to deliver for the new shopper. So the new shopper is a local paper for my area. Yeah. Now, what this, this is when I was in school, so maybe I was about 14, 15. And what used to happen was, I want to let people know how it works, because it's mm. important to the story. It, I did this weekly, so I only had to do it once a week. And what they would do is they would deliver a stack of new shoppers. I mean, God knows how many hundreds, because I, I, I had a route that I had to deliver around. Yeah, right? makes sense. And you got paid a flat rate for doing that. But where you got the bonuses... We got the Brucey you bonuses. Got bonus. Well, the bon- the bonuses were for that basically lots of companies would pay to include either leaflets inside the newspapers uh, or like sample bottles of shampoo, things like, like that. Better wear catalogs. Yeah. So the more, that. yeah. So the more of that stuff there was, okay. the more you got paid. I think the most I ever got for one shift was something like nine quid, but typically <laughs> it was more like five quid. It's more than making a year. Yeah. Okay. So so what happened was you got the papers through, and what the horrible thing was is that the job just didn't entail delivering the papers because you had to make up all of the papers before you delivered it because if you had all these leaflets would be given to you separately in separate boxes yeah it it was horrible and you've got a newspaper on your hands so you had to go through every paper every paper and put in maybe six or seven of these leaflets the Pantene bottle of shampoo mini sorry Pantene Pantene yeah that's the correct way of saying it it's not Pantene right okay fair enough okay so that's what you had to do and I did all that. And so you prepare it. And, and, and my, to be fair, I think what often would happen... I, I had a little trolley. So there was a trolley with new shopper written on it and this bag, and you'd wheel it around. The image of it. this is priceless. In winter, my dad used to be kind sometimes and drive me around the route. So he'd sit in the car <laughs> while I took papers out of the boot and went and delivered them all. And it took... I can't believe how little money I was effectively getting paid because it, it cost... Uh, it, sorry, it took, a very, it took about two hours to deliver these papers, Rob. Well, that doesn't surprise me because I remember a friend of mine who used to... Um, I think it was the was it was the Avon catalogue, and they used to charge her a penny a catalogue, and it used to be like sixty. And I know that you know this was before um, decimalisation. <laughs> yeah, 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 but this was before in the age where you, know, you had to pay a certain uh, minimum uh, wage. Yeah, it's what I was say, yeah. Um, but still, a penny a catalogue. I'm just pissed on them. <laughs> on to the anecdote. Well, what a lot of people did. Same what a lot of new shop people did, of course, was they just they just binned the papers. Mm. And if this was ever found out, of course, and you were sacked, I never binned paper, the papers. Okay. All the leaflets. I was, I was good at doing it. Now, the anecdote is this, Rob. So I delivered these papers when I was 14, 15, 16, as I recall. I leave school, I do my A-levels, and I go to university. I leave university. Now, I moved back into my parents' house after university in London, in, in, in Sydenham, where I used to live with them, when I used to live in New Shoppers. And anyway, one day, and I was, temp, I was doing temp work up in London, yeah. and one day I came home, and sitting on my porch was the full stack of New Shoppers. <laughs> what? This, cause, so what used to happen was, when I used to deliver them, they used to leave them on the porch, and I yeah. used to get them. In. And so I returned home, and I just got this sickening feeling like gut-wrenching feeling as I saw these papers like well I was suddenly transported back to being 14 and they've left all the papers on my doorstep and I'm thinking why have they d- there must be some mix-up they've yeah. they've, got some mix-up. they've dumped them here I haven't delivered these papers for for six years and, <laughs> and here they are but for some reason I went and got the trolley out of the ship <laughs> I still had it. No. I made up all the papers. I, lo- I thought I'm going to have to do this. Somebody needs to do it. It was like... Why it was like not question it? The new shopper had been ingrained into me. I was just there. I've got to do it. It must be a mistake, but I've got to do it. They've called upon me. You know, it's like, you know... <laughs> it was so pre paper. So I had everything in the trolley. I was thinking, I can't believe this. I'm going to have to go and deliver these papers. I've got trains on everything. And I was about to go out the door and there was a ring on the doorbell. And I glanced at it and there was me with the trolley. And he looked at me and he's like... 
and I said hello and he said yeah um, I deliver the new shopper in Ethereum and I, I hope you don't mind I, I had to leave all the papers somewhere uh, and I just left them on your doorstep and then he looked down at my trolley with them all stacked up <laughs> me with my hand on it you know I've made up all the papers and I was like uh, yeah yeah I just thought I'd put them all together I thought I'd just put them all together for you I mean I think he thought I was mentally ill he took that trolley and left very quickly I think <laughs> I might have was he? Uh, he was actually about 40 <laughs> And 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 you thought and he thought you were mentally ill. Yeah. Okay. Good point. <laughs> but why would I have done that? Still to this day, I I must have just thought I have to do this. Well, I, I must have thought like I there's some unwritten head. contract with the new shopper that for you you're all, you're always their staff member if they ever need you. Well, I think it, when something becomes routine, it just it happens automatically. Your brain sort of goes into into sort of autopilot. No, it wasn't that because I knew I shouldn't be doing it, but I felt compelled to do it. This reminds me very quickly, and I realised we were talking for about nine minutes, um, about an anecdote when I was in the police when we had to do what's known as um, officer safety training, and we we and we had to do different techniques and different sort of you know um, sort of um, I can't think sort of self defence techniques. And we had to use it with replica, replica firearms and try to disable the assailant. Anyway, we told this sort of one of the instructors that what would happen is, because he would have been training for years and years and years, he was a trained firearms officer, and he came. He stopped a vehicle, this is in the US, stopped the vehicle, did a search of the car, and as the man got out of, into, out of the, the car, pulled a gun on him. Instinctively, he, did the, he, did, he came across, knocked the gun out of the assailant's hand, picked it up, and hands it back to him. Because he'd been doing it so many times in training, where you just do it where between you and your colleague, you just automatically do that, and just have the gun back. Anyway, have the gun back, the guy shot him. Fucking hell. <laughs> Did he die? Yeah. This isn't funny. No. This is a comedy podcast. That's it's funny. So my first story... Um... <laughs> is, that, is that not funny? Well, to be fair, I did um, batter this man over the head with a new shopper trolley and he's buried in my back garden. <laughs> Covered in new shoppers. <laughs> I can't help noticing you've adopted your hat as some sort of makeshift beard. I'm wearing it now upside down as a, vi- as a beard. <laughs> Does it look good? Uh, well, it's a matter of opinion. Okay, our first story is uh, sent in by uh, Ben Halifax. Um, who I think Ben been, in Halifax or Ben Halifax we've had this discussion before I'm not uh, I think we have anyway I can't remember but um, no it's Ben Halifax and uh, he was in your old Stompy Town in Brighton so I'm okay. um, just leave that hanging um, so well, the first he popped it back in actually <laughs> start with you anyway uh, so the first story is from uh, the Mid Sussex Times the Mid Sussex Times <laughs> Fucking <laughs> brilliant! Um, and I have to say, this is one of the stories of the week. And the headline—don't well, uh, speak too soon, buddy. Uh, true, yeah. Um, there's no uh, journalist attributed to it, um, but the headline is: "Golfers hazard crows, stone the crows." Opening line: Forty-seven. Stone the crows. <laughs> Alf, Alf, um, Alf, um, no, not Alf Garnet. Alf uh, Ramsey. Was his name Alf Ramsey? Yeah, Who? from Home and Away. Yeah. Yeah, he said it all the time. 47-year-old golfer John Freeman of Rustington had his electric golf trolley stolen by a crow. Fuck off. <laughs> well, so the fox steals somebody's garlic bread and the crow steals somebody's golf trolley. <laughs> this story's brilliant. After throwing some of the bananas to the birds, when the crow... Bananas? <laughs> you don't feed bananas to birds. Why was he bananas on the golf course? <laughs> so he was feeding bananas to birds and chips to swans, presumably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, after throwing some of the bananas to the birds, one of the crows landed on his trolley and touched the start button. Was it, can I ask, was he throwing the bananas whole? <laughs> was he trying to hit them? Maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I like the impression that he's trying to just throwing whole um, bananas onto the green of whole mine. I would have thought that would invalidate his, uh, his membership of the golf club. <laughs> yeah. you know, no bananas on the golf course. You can't throw bananas around. But, right, let's get to the right. He was throwing bananas to the birds. One of them, crow, one of the crows, landed on his trolley and touched the starter button, setting the wheels off down the fairway. Brilliant. <laughs> um, John had to chase about two hundred yards to stop it. He was playing at Hillbar Golf Club in Worthing. Apparently, the tr- the crows have something of a, re- of a reputation at the golf club. Another golfer reports that she had a crows at Hillbar and zipper golf bag pockets looking for a banana. Right. So, they got, so, hang on <laughs> so everybody there is feeding bananas to the crows. Eating bananas at this golf course. <laughs> hang on, it doesn't say they're eating them, Rob. It says you don't you don't eat Rob. You, you're confused. Yeah, I know you had an impoverished upbringing, but you know when you feed bread to ducks, you don't eat some of the bread first. People weren't taking loads of bread to munch on. No, you're right. Okay. They seem to have be taking the bananas along for the express uh, purpose of feeding to, to to the crows. Yeah. So okay. So we've got seventy-year-old golfer John Freeman um, who was saying that he was. He's throwing seen, some seen, of his bananas so he might have been eating some of them he's seen Arlo Rob so we can discount everything <laughs> his testimony and one of, the, one, of the, one of the crows landed on his trolley and that started trolley right. up so there's this image of him chasing right. after this crow while he's down the fairway eats banana probably tripping on the banana skins right <laughs> possibly yeah well we don't know there might be a whole banana uh, and then another golfer reported that she had her golf bag pockets unzipped looking for banana I didn't know crows like bananas I didn't know uh, bananas were, were, were the chosen uh, fruit of golfers. <laughs> All that? No. Yeah, that's the entire story, by the way. Brilliant. <laughs> There's nothing else to it. That is a classic. It's, it's that fantastic. No comments. <laughs> no comments. What's wrong with people of mid, mid-Sussex? <laughs> they just read it and they're like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Better stop feeding those bananas to the crows. Yeah. Okay, Rob, uh, my first story here... I th- basically, what happened, Rob, was I first read about this story on the BBC. Right. Yeah, but it happened in, uh, in, uh, in this neck of the woods, as it were. Okay. And then, of course, New Shopper, Judy, reported on it. So I haven't got the BBC story. I've got the New Shop reports. I've actually got two stories from the New Shopper were, that, about this. Okay. I didn't, no comments, and I'm sure there are comments posted by now, but I didn't even look at the comments because I thought the story was good enough. I just thought it was standard on its own. Now, one thing, Rob, I do want to tell you is we do need to be sensitive to this fact throughout this story is that, and I did think about whether I should read this story out because of this, oh, is that the, the whole reason that this guy, I'm going to tell you about this now, the whole reason this guy seems to have done this is because he tragically, and I do mean this, I mean this utterly genuinely, he tragically lost his wife to cancer. Right? Aww. But then he did this. So, Rob, the first story I'm going to read out, this doesn't mention the fact that he lost the wife, that's going to be in the second story. But this is it, okay? So, um, the headline is this. Nutter in quotes, <laughs> attack on church at St Paul's Cray was like something out of a horror film. Right. And the story is by Robert Fisk. A barbershop singer has described the moment a masked, armed, in quotes, nutter burst into a rehearsal in the church as like something out of a horror film, in quotes. Ginny Warner and Velvet Harmony Group had locked themselves into the hall at St Barnabas Church, Rushet Road, St Paul's Cray, after being warned a man had been smashing windows of the church. Right. He had smashed up windows at the vicarage and the vicar's car before approaching the hall. 
The group of women locked themselves inside and pulled the curtains and turned off the lights to make it look like no one was there. And while Mrs. Warner was on the phone to the police while peeking through the curtains, the masked man burst into the hall. She said, he tried the door as we were in there and could not get in, so he went round the back. We decided to barricade ourselves into the small hall. We were really panicking by then, and the guy barged in through the dividing door between the halls, at which point I screamed and charged for the door. It was like a stampede, and one of the more elderly women fell, or she was pushed by the nutter, and he was hitting her... (laughs) And he was hitting her with the walking stick and kicking her in the base of the spine. Oh, my God. The attack only ended when a man, who was believed to live in the street, bundled the attacker to the ground and, with the help of another man, held him down until the police arrived. Mrs Warner, 52, added, An amazing black guy came over and tackled the bloke and was an absolute (laughs) hero. By the way, you do not need to reference his race in that story. No. As she doesn't need to say that. Afterwards, a policewoman said to me, The man had a machete and my blood ran cold. (laughs) It was just horrendous when he burst through that door. It was like something out of a horror film. A 56-year-old man has been arrested for assault and criminal damage and is currently being treated in hospital for a hand injury. Five people, two women, one in her 80s, another aged approximately 60, and three men, one aged 84 and two aged in their 60s, were injured. None of the injuries are believed to be serious. None of the injuries were caused by the machete. <laughs> so before you comment on this story, here's the second story. It's just a bit more... Bit more uh, stuff about it. So, church attacker distraught over losing wife, eyewitness says. Uh, from the new shopper, and it's by Manic Chadder. So, a masked man was screaming about losing his wife as he smashed into a church in St. Paul's Cray, according to an eyewitness. Stephen Owens watched as the man smashed a car and the windows of St. Barnabas Church Vicarage in Rushet Road last night before moving on to the church and the church hall. The 28-year-old says the vicar came out of the vicarage to try and calm the man down, but it did not have any effect. Mr. Owens said he was shouting and banging on the church, and he smashed the window. He shouted, I've lost my fucking wife. He broke the fence. <laughs> I know, it's, it's awful that he's lost his wife, but it's, it's the action that he's now taking. He broke the fence in the driveway and picked up a recycling box and tried smashing the window. <laughs> The attack on the church hall took place at around 8.20pm last night while the Velvet Harmony Barbershop group was rehearsing. He managed to force his way into the hall and one of the group's members was attacked with a walking stick as she, disca- as she tried to escape. Oh, Describing the attack, Mr Owen said, everybody ra- ran out of the church screaming and two women, one probably in her 80s and the other in her 60s, didn't get away quickly enough. He grabbed hold of her and punched her in the face. <laughs> She went down to the ground and he kicked her. When he pushed the younger woman to the side, she shouted, Leave her alone! Get the fuck off her! (laughs) Two neighbours managed to detain the attacker. Mr Owen said, The masked man picked up the walking stick and missed two swings at one of the men, hitting him the third time. He bear-hugged him to the ground and held him there until the police arrived. Five people were injured in the incident. What do you make of that story? Because I I thought about whether or not to read it out, because I thought, well, he's lost his life to cancer. That is horrendous. But the reaction... He just sounds like he's lost it. What I interpreted it as was somebody who couldn't comprehend what had happened to his wife and an attack on God. So it's it, so he goes to the church and he smashes up the vicarage. He smashes up the church, but you've lost your wife. Okay, you can understand you're angry with God. You're angry with the world. You can't comprehend it. But to beat a, an elderly woman with a walking stick, to punch another one in the <laughs> face, seems to me to be not proportionate. And seems to be to be making other people... They have got nothing to do with this. Maybe he just thought that they were part of the institution and so he needs to take them all down. But oh, also... Oh, oh, he's just, he just smashing oh, them in the face. No, but it, it explains to me. I'm, I'm really going to be harsh here. He's lost his wife, yes. But he's put on a mask and gone to a targeted attack at a church. 
Well, the question has being, I wonder whether or not this man's been waiting for the day to put on a mask <laughs> and go and beat up some old people. But, I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, but on a normal average day, I don't tend to carry a machete around. There's that. Oh, yeah, we're forgetting yeah. the machete. Yeah, yeah. Why would you take it and not use it? And, I mean, thank God he didn't. But why, I mean, that, I mean let's face it, that's a planned attack. Well, what I worry about is there's a man who has a mask at home, a machete. Why? <laughs> well, okay. Are you suggesting he killed his wife? No. Dear no. God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Right, um, let's move on now. <laughs> My next story is from the Swindon Advertiser. Um, the story is by David Wills, and it's Mystery Squares Appear in Cropfield. Mystery Squares Appear in Cropfield? Yes. Okay, so it's in a, is it crop circles, is it crop squares? Uh, essentially, yeah. Aliens. The debate about the existence of extraterrestrial life in the universe has been brought closer to home after this crop circle appeared in a field near Highworth. Where's Highworth? It's not far from Swindon. Right. I believe. Um, the square field circle, which features a square in it, obviously, which is, brought to, uh, which is thought to be in... That's what I said. Which is thought to be in a field near Hannington. Either it is or it isn't. Again, yeah. <laughs> it's like that story about... What was that story about? They didn't know... Yeah, they didn't know whether the Lucozade bottles have been stopped. You James either know or you don't. Yeah. Has led to some speculation about who created it or what it might mean. Circle hunter, Matthew Williams, 42, flew over the field... Whilst well, he's not delivering a news show. <laughs> flew over the field in a microlite to enable this photograph to be taken... What is a microlite? It's a very small plane. Yeah, so he's got a plane, he's a proper professional. Yeah. Have you got a picture? I have got a picture, yeah. Um, oh, let's, please let us put carve the local anaesthetic logo into a crop. That's brilliant. Why haven't we thought about that? Well, we neither have got time or the inclination. But we could pay maybe somebody to do it down on the luck. That's true. Maybe this guy. Um, not saying he created this and it's all a farce, but. Um, enabled to take, take, take for the photo to be taken after, after he was alerted to the formation by the Crop Circle Connector website. Sounds like a fun place to go. Here's the picture. It looks like a, it looks like a Scrabble board. Yeah, I thought that as well. Okay. Mm. Mm. Um, his, he said, it's superb. It was very well done because it looks very crisp. It's got good detail in it, so it looks like whatever entity or human made it certainly knew what they were doing. If you notice... Well, obviously. <laughs> if you notice, in each square, it's actually got a kind of swirl, and that's quite an achievement. It's not just the design you were seeing. If you look down into the square uh, areas, there's a second design. Matthew, a computer engineer from Market Levington, said he made crop circles himself from 1991 to 2000. So he's a crop circle hunter that but he makes make crop them. circles. So, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, then. So he believes that these... He's a crop circle hunter who presumably believes there's some extraterrestrial basis of this, but he already knows that behind the curtain there are a lot of human beings going around making these because he used to make them. Yes. Right, until he was arrested for damaging crops and turned his hand to sporting the formations instead. Sorry, spotting the formations right. instead. Okay. I'm not going to go on this story because it just gets more farcical because he just goes on to the, just there's little comments like this. I don't know who did it. I cannot say for certain, but I would say there's a certain amount of intelligence that's been involved. Obviously, things... What do you mean? It wasn't a rabbit. <laughs> Whether people want to believe that intelligence is, is human or alien, that's for them to decide. There's probably a message in there and the message might be from aliens, but it could be from humans saying, hello, mum. So, yeah, I mean, I'd just like to know what, you, what your thoughts are on that story. I have there no... are comments, by the way. My, my, thought, my thoughts are that this is a man sort of divided against himself. He used to make crop circles. Yeah. 
that would well I don't know he's an interesting character because that would give him a very good idea about what was humanly possible and not because he used to make them my take is the fact he's just a fucking idiot um, the, and it seems the majority of the comments would uh, oh okay let's hear them okay so MJ uh, Hudson says there are two mysteries here one who committed this act of criminal damage two why do simple minded people believe they are created by extraterrestrials Dave's opinion says Matthew says he suspects most of the circles were created by humans. Most was a Muppet. And we're just filling on the one from Shelling Peas 2 says the square filled circle which features a square. Do you mean the circle which is filled by squares? Which I think is a fair point. It is a fair point. There's a lot about that story that just seems completely random. I personally think that he's made the circle himself, flown over it, and then reported it to the Sweden advertising well, yeah, because they'll print anything. That, <laughs> that is the obvious answer, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, I mean he's doing it himself, uh, and, he's until got he got per- and he's got a bloody perfect picture there as well. Yeah, now he's. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine that we're on his passport. I mean, I don't. You don't have to put any more, but I can't imagine his passport. It says Circle Hunter. Well, look, look, let's just get down to the meat of this. The point is, he used to create crop circles, right? Yeah. He used to create crop circles with the intention of hoping people would believe they were evidence of extraterrestrial life. Yes. That's why he did them. Yeah. And it's to get some measure of it. You know, it's obviously something quite of a power trip of making it and people wondering where the hell it's come from. Yeah. So he's done these things, right, before. Okay? Yeah. He's been arrested and he's, and he's not allowed to do them anymore. So what he does is he says, okay, now I spot them. But then that allows him to continue making them. Yeah. And then say, oh, look, I've spotted this one and he now can't be touched by the law. But the reason for him doing it is completely and utterly neurotic. Yes. You know, um, and like I said... Get a know. girlfriend. Yeah. Okay, Rob, as this is our 25th show, we need to have a story about uh, animal cruelty, obviously. Oh, of course, yeah. And I've got, one, I've got one here, and it's from the Bournemouth Echo, and it's by Juliet Astrup. And the headline is, Cat Killer Were Five Pets Targeted by the Same Poisoner. Now, do you remember that story that we reported on, probably in episode four or five, about cats being killed by antifreeze? I do indeed, That yeah. was actually from a friend of mine at work who lives down in the Chatham area. Yeah. So this isn't related, because it is in Bournemouth. So here's the story. A heartless cat killer is believed to be targeting pets after five suspected poisonings in the same road. The RSPCA has recorded two confirmed poisonings with antifreeze. One cat died in April, another on Tuesday this week, after vets struggled to save it for two days. Wow. Owners said the local RSPCA inspector, Graham Hammond, believes as many as three further animals may have died in the same way. Inspector Hammond told the Echo there are reports of several cats being killed by ingesting antifreeze in the same road in April. It's a worrying development that we have another case in the same area. He added, these cats suffer enormously to go through this, and eventually their organs fail. It's a horrendous way to go. He said he felt it was a deliberate attempt to poison cats, in quote, adding, there just seems to be too many for it to be coincidental, but didn't rule out the possibility of accidental poisoning. It may well be that cats are drinking it accidentally, he says, such as from a fountain or water... A fountain or water feature dosed doused, sorry, with antifreeze to prevent the water from freezing. But members of the public should take care in storing the antifreeze. Where's the story from? Is this, is this current? Yes. <clears throat> so why would there be antifreeze in a fountain in July? August, uh, sorry. Well, because they're in a different time zone, aren't they? It's like Australia. <laughs> our summer there is their winter, and their winter is our summer. I see. Okay, um, so these are the comments. Basically, the story isn't much, but of course, it's the comments. It's the Bournemouth Echo, so the comments are always good. So Beachcomber1 says, If you read some of the anti-cat rants on here you won't be surprised if it's deliberate. So obviously, when stories about cats are reported, a lot of people come out and are anti-cat. Of course. And I was thinking, well, that's mm-hmm. interesting. That was one of the first comments I was thinking. I don't recall ever really seeing any anti-cat comments, but they do come. Uh, 
Elite 50 says, Anti-cat rants, I like cats. They are, however, sadistic killers. I just point out the obvious. If you own a cat and let it run free, it will, in capitals, kill all of the local wildlife that it can. Now it seems that a local sadistic killer, in quotes, is getting what they consider justice. What goes around comes around, question mark. I do not condone, condone sadism in any form, be it cats or people. Sorry, a cat will kill all the local wildlife? Well... Keep, 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 keep listening. Rob Smith, 123, says, can we find out who is doing this so we can congratulate them? So people in Bournemouth are very anti-cat. Somebody responds, Morrigan responds to Elite 50, who wrote the stuff about animal uh, cats being sadistic killers. Right. Okay, it says, cats do not have the capacity to behave sadistically, you buffoon. Cats react as nature's programmed them to do. They have no concept of sadism. They merely hunt. Not always to eat, I admit, but it is the constant practice which hones their hunting skills. No more, no less. They don't go around thinking, I know, I'll just pop out for an hour to murder anything that moves. You are a fool who is putting human behavioural traits and thoughts into an animal. They simply do not have the mental ability to think like that. Ha 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 ha, you are a joke <laughs> or a troll who posts a reaction. Either way, a very sad little person who cannot see the difference between humans and animals' mental abilities. Pablo, 23, says, As much as I don't want to take sides with Elite 50, he is right in that cats are prolific killers and enjoy playing with and torturing their prey <laughs> while it's still alive. I speak as someone who used to have a cat and was often greeted with maimed birds and mice struggling around the kitchen in the morning. <laughs> However, it is indeed nature's way, and we as humans have the ability to be compassionate to other living things, even if we do unbalance nature with our actions and cause too many cats to be about. You see, it's a very interesting discussion this is getting into. Yeah. Uh, Morrigan follows up on all of this. Basically, uh, sorry, Elite 50 says to Morrigan, so Morrigan was the person who was taking issue with yep. him saying they're sadistic killers, and Elite 50 gets personal. He says, you must be from Ireland. <laughs> Me too, so I forgive you. Which is even better way of following Why up. Why would she be violent? Because he's implying that he's thick. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, buffoon? Question mark. Fool? Question mark. Joke? Question mark. Troll? Question mark. The idea is to think like a human, not a cat. If a cat or anything else acts outside acceptable behaviour, that is wrong. This elite fifties a nutter. You know your parents tried and failed, obviously, to teach you about what is right and wrong. If you want to swap insults, that is okay. You will lose, but then again, you should be used to that. Go cuddle your multiple cats. They will purr and then let them out, and they will kill anything that moves. You should be grateful they're not big enough to kill you. I suggest you don't show them your brain, however. If you do, all bets are off. Understand that. Anonymous says, What a horrible way to die. I cannot abide animal cruelty, but cats are a damn nuisance. I am forever throwing water over them as they wait to pounce on birds that are feeding. It seems like all the neighbourhood cats congregate in my garden. It scares them off, but the damn things keep coming back. I just wish cat owners would put a big bell on their collars. Can I just and I assume they mean big bell on the cat's collars, not the owner's collars. <laughs> well, maybe both. The way she put that is, I'm not against animal cruelty, but... I wish I could kill all cats. Yeah, does that not sound like, I'm not a racist, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and last comment here, uh, Pablo23 says, Agreed. It would be considered bad if I was to drop my dog... So he's a anti-cat again. So he's saying, It would be considered bad, bad if I was to drop my dog over into next door's garden to have his way with their property. Not sure what he means by that. <laughs> So what's he humping exactly? But it's somehow seen as socially acceptable for their cat to come into mine and terrorise the wildlife I like to encourage. Not to mention the stinky little surprises it leaves to me when I dig the garden. Of course. Again, if I were to drop my dog's feces over the fence of the neighbour, which I recommend people doing, I'm sure they would consider me odd and provocative. Provocative? provocative. Again, I'm not sure that's what I want. person's got too much <laughs> But it doesn't appear to go the other way. Is that what, if a neighbour drops dog feces over your, uh, over your fence, does it mean come around and borrow a cup of sugar? No, know what I mean. Is that what it means? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Anyway, 
going to end with, I certainly don't advocate harming cats, but a bell around the neck is a good idea. I saw a bag of lion droppings in the shop the other day. What? Apparently that dissuades cats from entering your garden. <laughs> I mean, I really worry about the human Bournemouth. That's a bag of lion... Where did you see a bag of lion droppings? Where? Asda? Lion droppings? I mean, that's... Is that a sweet? Uh, is that a confectionery I've item? I've heard of that. I mean, that sounds like some, some sort of aphrodisiac. It's like tiger's penis. Aphrodisiac. Yeah. Lion if you know, yeah, this is apparently quite a famous one. Rob's girlfriend, if you're listening to this, get out now. <laughs> Well, especially you see my tiger penis. <laughs> so my next story um, is from Nicola in Norwich. Who sent us stories in the past. Um, and this one, I mean, just makes me despair for humanity. Okay, so the story is by Lucy Wright um, from the uh, Evening News, the Norwich Evening News. And the headline is, The swing hit the boy with some force and sent him flying. Right. Mum starts petition to improve safety at Norwich play area. That's the headline. That's yeah. a fucking terrible headline. I know. <laughs> well, no, it tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, right. And to be honest, you can probably save reading the story. A mother has started a petition to help make a city centre play area safer, uh, safer? safer after a toddler was hit on the, on the head by a swing. Hannah English, 25, took her 18-month-old son, George... The Chapelfield uh, Gardens on Tuesday, July 24th, where she saw a young boy run to the path of the swing. He ran into the path of the swing, right? Yeah. Miss English of, I think that's Fowger's opening. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry? How did I miss that when I first read the story? <laughs> Fowger's opening! Can you smell Fowger's? Look. I want you to spell it so the listener can hear it. F O L. G-E-R-S Folgers Opening Folgers that Opening even worse Off Burr Street Folgers Opening yeah. Okay um, um, Said There are quite a lot of children Running around In the enclosed play area Well that's not really surprising It's a fucking play area Yeah uh, A children's been uh, Sorry A girl's been pushed on the swing By a mum A little boy God He was only about two years old Ran out in front The swing hit the boy With some force And it sent him flying There was a deathly <laughs> silence And the, the little boy Had a lump on his head He's not good. Yeah, please tell me he's alive. Yeah, no, he's alive, yeah. It was horrible. He drifted in and out of consciousness. He had a lump on his head. It's not a cartoon. (laughs) Throughout the day, a few of the other um, parents had to grab the swings because children kept running out in front of them. Now Miss English is starting a a petition to improve safety at the park. She said, if things like this can be prevented from happening to other children, it can only be a good thing. I've submitted a petition on the city council's website. I envisaged a small fence around the swings so children can still run around inside the play area. Okay, so what if so what if well so what if the child isn't using the swing, they're standing next to mummy while they're pushing the little girl and he runs I mean you can't It's ridiculous. You can't Why stop. were you not watching the child? I've got a better idea. No, but I've got a better idea. Why not, for all the kids in the playground, that's like a two-year-old, why not put a fence around him? Yeah, exactly. Why don't we just fence off all kids and they just sit in and go and just sit in, 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 in I don't know, a one meter a one meter circular radius. With a fence around it. Have you? We, you know what a zool ball is, don't you? Yeah. I suggest we just put children those up to the up to the neck, and their head just pops out, and we can just roll them down the street. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, uh, obviously, the, the, there's a, there's a quote from the city council, and I think they're having to be very democratic in regards to this because this woman's clearly a fucking idiot. Um, sorry, I just want to pick you up on that. You mean diplomatic? Diplomatic, sorry. not democratic. No, no, diplomatic. Yeah. yeah. Trying to be democratic yeah. about it. We'll put it out to vote. <laughs> get people's ideas on whether or not the fence is round the. Well, from the suggestion, people will want this. Uh, although not, not in the comments. Um, a spokesman from the North City Council said, we'd like to thank the person for drawing what we feel to be an issue to our attention. 
Yes, that's diplomatic. We can assure people that all the equipment that we buy and install complies to the latest British safety standards, and this includes the amount of space that you should place around an activity or, or piece of equipment. Our play, te- our play technicians check the site on a daily basis. Play technician? Play technician. Oh, God, what do you do for a living? Our play technician. That sounds wonderful. But that's does. like when I used to call myself a new shopper delivery agent. It does sound. It's a, it's a not job, isn't it? But they check the site on a daily basis. Really? To carry out everything is in, uh, to so check out everything is in order, and twice a year we have an there independent assessment and carry it out. More evident for the local authority gravy train, isn't it? Yeah. technician every day. <laughs> every day they go down there, test the swings, make sure the swings are still working, fall off the swings. Do they have dummy? Do you know, like do you know people who volunteer their two-year-olds to run into swings to see the effects? I just imagine they have like these crash test dummies. They put on the swing and really push them hard to see how far to see whether it will go completely over. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are comments on this story. Good. Okay. Uh, Blister says, what a ridiculous request. If there was a fence, uh, kids would climb over it. It wouldn't be better for parents, etc. Wouldn't it be better for parents, etc. Just keep an eye on their children instead of blaming everyone else. Accidents like this have always and will yeah, always happen. Yeah, or just say it was an accident. And that two-year-old will learn from that accident. Exactly. That's... Well, this is what all the comments are saying. Fantic Inc. Um, says, I'm lucky for the little one, but this is not something new. Parents need to be uh, more careful when in play parks. As this one in Chapelfield can be packed sometimes. It's not surprising that an accident happened. Crazy says, absurd. So this woman fails to look after her children sufficiently and blames it on the swing. Seriously, this is a joke. Where was, was, she, where was she when this happened? Clearly not supervising her children properly. Um, and, I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it's, it goes on like this. I just when The last comment, I think, from NGR says, I worry more about giving kids flu... flu I, can't say, I can't say flu... Flu jabs every year... Uh, until they reach 17 in the occasional knock in the park. I think when he says occasional knock in the park, he doesn't mean a sexual abuse. Wasn't expecting that one. Oh. <laughs> so I'm going to read out a story now from a listener. I don't normally do it, but I think it's the 25th show. <laughs> and all that, I shall read out a story. And it is from... Jillian Stroud. Um, okay, so the story is very short, uh, and it's from the. This is Gloucestershire. Yeah, I think it should local, say. Local, yeah, this is Gloucestershire. Yeah, sorry. And the uh, and the headline is world record breastfeeding attempt in Cheltenham. <laughs> I've actually never read this story before, <laughs> so I might laugh as I'm reading it. It's not just Olympians who are in search of world records this weekend. Cheltenham has fielded its contribution to achieving the highest number of mums breastfeeding simultaneously <laughs> across the world. Fourteen managed to feed their tots. That is tots. Fourteen. Isn't it? That is tots, isn't it? Not tits. <laughs> I do so. Tits for tots. Tits, hey! tits for tots. That's another good episode title. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Fourteen managed to feed their tots together at an event called the Big Latch On. The Big Latch On. <laughs> the Big Latch On. The Big Suck Off. In Mon- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a different competition. Um, <laughs> on Montpellier Street, Andrews Church Hall, this morning. Similar events are taking place around the world today at ten thirty a.m. local time. In October 2010, 9,826 mums fed their babies in 16 countries. It is not yet known if this has been topped. Um, Okay, there are some comments here. Okay, so by reader, uh, 1299 says, will the post office be issuing new stamps for this one? (laughs) Very good. Yeah, good. Uh, Cortez Cortez says, this story is starting to get on my tits. Nice, nice. Good comment. Fair enough. Uh, by CNCNCNCNC, uh, who obviously was trying try to find a, a name that was accepted, said, How ridiculous, just what exactly is the point? Are we, are we going to see next a world record peeing contest? Yeah, that's a good idea. I'd watch that, to be fair. 
Okay, and last comment, which has got to be my favourite here, is by uh, Hon. I mean, I think people people on, on this site just put it around. It's given up. Just H O N S L K N J K L Y T or Hans Lickenjikolot says, put them away. Yes, it's a natural act. Yes, 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 yes. But it's also a private intimate act between mother and baby. If I'm in a cafe and ever see this, I don't care if I'm in the middle of a meal or whatever. I leave and never go to that cafe again. <laughs> right, Rob, should we wrap up the podcast? And we've got a few things to do before we end, A few we? things to do. Right, we, we, we agreed last week yes. uh, that as it's 25th, we were going to buy each other gifts with uh, a maximum uh, cost or of um, or we, we set ourselves what's the what, what, what? a pound from a pound, a pound yeah. shop like we said we had to buy each other gifts from a pound shop that yeah. cost no more than a pound yes um, do you want to start or do you want to would you oh, like I, to, I would like to receive before you like to receive okay well yeah uh, generally speaking another <laughs> right um, I haven't wrapped it it's just in the initial bag no, that's that fine it came I haven't in. wrapped mine either um, and uh, here it is close my eyes okay there you go Rob has handed me what looks like a... Where's the bag from? It's uh, Pound World. Pound World, everything one pound, mega value. Yeah. Da, 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 da. It's a BB well, gun. You know what? I'm actually quite pleased with this. It's oh. a BB gun. It, 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 it just reminded me of the time that you were firing out, out the window in Brighton at... We uh, didn't fire at anybody. Uh, we sure, were just no. pointed a rifle oh. at a man. Oh. <laughs> Well, this this is so you can actually fire this time out your window. Exterminate all alien invaders. Yeah. Alien planet, they're coming. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I mean, also with the sort of out the crop circle, um, I, I was concerned that they are leaving us messages, so that the, so their invasion is inevitable. Uh, so I thought you might need this to um to see you through. Uh, and there's a helpful warning for me on the back: do not use any bullets, darts, arrows, or any other projectiles except those supplied with this toy. Do not aim at eyes or face. Do not fire point blank at point blank range at any person or animal. Oh. That's the, who else are you supposed to fire at? Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So anyway, thanks for that. But, but although I am disappointed that you didn't weren't able to find me something because I looked for the worst possible gift you could buy somebody. Oh, so this is. But this is quite good. Well, I thought oh, I'll go for some fourth. Are oh, you going to get a, a One Direction notebook? But I decided to put that down. Mine tops this. I mean, this will show, this will show you how good pound shops are in Sydney. Right. Okay, Rob, close your eyes. Okay. By the way, I would like to tell you I have no idea what these are. I think they do serve a function, which we'll find out what it is when you open them. That really worries me. It's not, it's not aid or beads, well, is it? Rob, no, no <laughs> Rob, Rob, I bought you... Uh, this was, you bought one for a pound and you got one free. Now, I want to tell you before you see it's these... Not, it's not a branded I, pound I want shop. you to tell these before... I want you to tell you before I show you these. Right. I had... This is fine. To go and buy that in the pound shop is fine. That's not embarrassing. I had to pluck up the courage and I must have loitered in the shop five minutes thinking, can I do this? This man is going to think I'm mentally ill if I buy this. And he God, what on earth you And he just looked at me like I was crazy because who in their right mind would buy this for anybody? Open it. I can't buy a shit gift. <laughs> like, can you describe to the listener what they are? There's two of them. Buy one for well, a pound, get another free. I'm not entirely sure. They're, they're two dogs. Sort of comical. They're not especially comical. They're two dogs. One's pink, one's blue. They're made out of plastic. They're from China. Yeah, they're, so the, uh, and they've got this weird button on the back. But when you press it, nothing happens. And I'm thinking, let me, let me. I'm gonna have to open it now. Well, I well, thought well, you could give one to Sarah. I, I, I love that. It's really. Pink. I thought. So press the button on the back. So what's the button the for, What does it do? There's no batteries or anything. What does it do? Is it 
broken. No, they're not broken. They're... Oh, what, what, what's that? What goes in there? Oh, so oh, Jesus, it fucking stinks. <laughs> so what are you meant to put in there? So can you now describe it? So you it's... pull off the head of the dog, and they're hollow inside, right? Yeah. So you meant to keep? I think it's perfume, is it? And it sprays out of the top of the. No, no it can't be perfume. So what is it? I thought I'd find out what this fucking thing was. Right, it's something that you, you obviously put something in there, and it po- and the bottom, the but the bottom, the the button on the back pops whatever it is in there. But the trouble is, I don't. The hole is too small. And what's great is it's all in fucking Japanese. Chinese. Chinese. Uh, apart from a website, I cannot tell you, tell you, listeners. I've absolutely no idea what the. Can fuck we take a picture? Can we? When we take the picture, can you take pictures of these? Is this not the nicest gift you've ever received? I mean, Please, they're I, beautiful. Well, the reason I got it was because one's blue, one's pink, and I thought you could save this one to give it to Sarah for an anniversary. <laughs> and he said, "This is you She's and gonna, me. This is this is going to be her one-year anniversary present." Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're beautiful, Alex. Thank you. Um, I, uh, why? What, why is he wearing a bow tie? Why are they both wearing bow Can ties? Can you now imagine the guy's face when I bought this? Do you reckon these are the only ones he's ever sold of these? Oh, yeah, and they were trying to get rid of them. They put this desperate sign up saying, look, buy one for a pound, we'll give you another one. He looked at me He looked at me as if he wanted to say, uh, is your carer with you? <laughs> I mean, it's not often that, I, that uh, I can't work out what something is, but I really haven't got... Well, the, if you work it out, Rob, can you tell me? Because I'd love yeah, to we'll know. Yeah, we'll put it to one side. Okay. So... After 24 episodes, and I think I mentioned this, we're going to do... You're going always... to spell out the word anaesthetic in the nature alphabet for the last time. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to do it in unison. We said we'd do it in unison. Okay, come so, on then. Right, okay. So you spell anaesthetic for anybody who doesn't know yet. Okay. Alpha, alpha November, November alpha, alpha, Echo, Echo Sierra, Tango, Tango Hotel, Echo, Echo India, Charlie. Right. So that's it. It's dead now. Okay, right. That's dead. That's it. That's out the window. That's done with now. Okay. Mm. And for the last time... Using Star Wars as a topic, you're going to spell out anaesthetic in Star Wars characters. Do you need to see it? Uh, see the word anaesthetic? Yeah, I've got it on my iPad. I'm okay. looking okay. at it now. Okay. Um... So he's been wanting to do this for God knows how long. I finally no, given well, the well, opportunity. And I want to tell people I've never thought of it. I've never actually thought what, you know, what the answers would be. So I'm just going to try and wing it. So he knows the Star Wars universe backwards. So uh, let's see if, if the fact he was just bad at this game or... Um, well, we'll find out how much I love Star Wars. So I've got to spell out the word anaesthetic using Star Wars characters. Yeah. A, Anakin. Right. Now, N. N is a different... <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it's... Uh, well, there is a character... It's obscure, but Return of the Jedi, there's a character called Neon Nun. I'll take okay, you know, you know at the end when Lando Calrissian's with the Millennium Falcon and they blow up the Death Star and he's got that weird-looking guy next to him? Yeah. He goes, oh, 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 oh. he's not English, he's sort of alien. Uh, I'll accept that there's probably a lot of these characters I'm not going to know, okay, so I'm so, going to have to trust so, you on this. Yeah, so Anakin, um, there's a character called E, there's a character called Eve Koth. I mean, uh, anybody who's a Star Wars affectionate can look this up, I'm, I'm not making it up. S, I'd go with Sidious for Darth Sidious, you could have, I mean, you could have lots of people, you could have um, Salacious Crumb from Return of the Jedi. T. Salacious Crumb. T, yeah, he was that little. That, you remember that little guy who kind of sat, sat near Jabba that looked like a Muppet? Very oh, yeah, I remember really high squeaking. Yeah, that was, he's called Salacious Crumb. They're great names. Uh, T. Uh, T. Oh, they're going to be loads, I just can't think. Um, am I doing surnames? Or do they have to be first names? Oh, yeah, C3, uh, 3PO for short. 3PO. Okay. TH. Or you can have that. I mean, there are lots. There are lots. So I'm going to go with that. 3PO. Okay. Call him 3PO. That's T. H. Uh, huh, huh, hut? No, he can't have hut. Uh, Han Solo? Oh, yeah, Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to give you one. Oh. E, Eve Goth. T, 3PO. Uh, I, 
I, ooh, uh, I, I'm just not very good at the game. It's not that. It's I'm not good at the game. I've realised. I think all our listeners know that. I. That's, that's that's been quite obvious. Has it? Yeah. Imperial Stormtrooper. <laughs> Imperial Stormtrooper. Uh, Rob, you just helped me with that. I mean, it just shows how bad I am at this game and see... I fucking hate this game. Let's not finish it. I don't... Fuck it. Fuck the party hats. See... There are people screaming now. I don't know if we have any Star Wars fans. There are, they're screaming. See, okay, let me... See, a clone trooper. But I wanted there to be characters' names. There must be a C. Of course there are. See, fucking 3PO. Yes! we done it! I've had him twice. Oh, Jesus Christ, right. That game is dead in the water, I promise you. That's the end of it. So anyway, guys, thank you for joining us for our 25th episode. And we'll see you next week as usual. Bye. God bless. Take care.